Hi, thanks for tuning in to Greek Matters with Diana Sebsta, Director of Bereavement at the Joseph T. Quinlan Bereavement Center. Hi, I'm Diana, and today I wanted to talk to you about complicated grief. What does it really mean? And basically what it means is you're grieving over a longer period of time. Or sometimes you might hear people refer to it as pathological grief or being stuck in grief. So what does that mean when we talk about grieving over a longer period of time? Now, for those of you who are more familiar with me, you know that I don't like timelines. And I don't think um, we have like that magical year to get over it. I think everybody does grief in their own way for a variety of reasons. And sometimes it can take longer than others. And oftentimes we feel like we're doing it, uh, trying to do it quicker to meet the expectations of other people. For conversation's sake, I always use that one-year timeline just so that we have something to compare it to. We definitely know that that first year can be full of difficulties as we celebrate or remember or go through the first ofs our, of our, without our loved ones. So we're talking about like the first birthday without our loved one, the first anniversary, the first holiday, etc. So when we talk about grieving over a longer period of time, if we see somebody who has experienced acute grief symptoms, um, over a year period. And now I want to be really careful when we talk about that because we it's not uncommon to hear that the second year can be more painful than the first year. So I'm really talking about years after the loss that we're still grieving acutely. We seem to be unable to move forward. Um, we're not able to take joy in life. We're not able to have happy, joyful relationships, we're not able to hold jobs, um, we're surrounded by painful reminders, that can be a complicated grief. So if you think that you're having a complicated grief process, I would ask you to look at where you think you're getting yourself stuck in your grief. I think that's a much kinder way to say that as opposed to pathological grief because um, to me pathological grief almost sounds like there's something wrong with you. And we know that uh, just because you're grieving doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. So I'm thinking more in terms of unstuck. Um, and one of the things that I would ask you to look for uh, is what I call the triple threat of grief. So look for are you angry, are you guilty, or are you regretful for something um, about your grieving process, something about your loved one, something about their dying process. Um, a lot of times, um, if we're dealing with anger, we're talking about we're angry at God, we're angry at the medical community, um, we're angry because uh, maybe at our loved one because we didn't, um, they didn't go and get a second opinion, or they didn't change doctors, or they, you know, hid their symptoms. Um, sometimes we can be mad at ourselves that we didn't pursue something for them or insist hard enough. Um, and guilt, we do the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And so that's a normal human reaction that we go back to. Um, but usually there's a lot of things that we do not have to feel guilty for. So I'd ask you to think about that um, and then regret. And there's lots of things that we can do to become unstuck in grief. So whether that's to forgive ourselves, to express our anger, to write a letter to the loved ones so that we can get rid of that regret, 
Um, we can actually have conversations with the loved one. Um, and a lot of times what I'll say is we're a lot harder on ourselves than we are on other people. So put yourself into a situation where if a friend came to you in the same situation that you're in, how would you treat them? What would you say to them? And I'd like you to treat yourself the same way. So in other words, be your best friend. Be as kind to yourself as you would be to your friend. And try to get yourself unstuck from the grief so that you can move forward. Part two of the complicated grieving process. Complicated grief. So what I wanted to talk today about was disenfranchised grief and how that can get us stuck in our grieving process. So one of the things that we do know is that we can get through the grief process easier if we can talk about it and cry about it. Disenfranchised grief is a grief where the loss may be something that we're not really comfortable talking about, or we feel like people just don't understand it, or that they're going to judge us or our loved one because of the type of loss. So some of these losses are, for example, pet loss. Now we know a lot of people um, have pets and they love their pets just like um, their children, an equal member of the family. And when they do die, the pain is really, really acute. And um, there's still uh, some societal expectations, I'll say, that um, pet loss isn't on the same level as human loss. Um, we still see uh, grief support groups going on that um, people are sharing spousal loss or sibling loss or child loss. And then if someone came in there with a pet loss, they might look at them like, you got to be kidding me. But the truth is, is that it is a very painful loss. And people can have the same types of grief feelings about the loss of their pet as if they did lose a child or another family member. But if they're perceiving that other people are going to judge them about it or they don't understand about it, then they can't talk about it. And then if they have grief feelings about it, they can't feel comfortable to show it in front of other people. So they stuff it. So they can't cry about it. They can't talk about it. Complicates the grief process. Makes them grieve over a longer period of time. If we've had a loss of a loved one through suicide, that is another biggie. Because a lot of times we're not comfortable talking about that. We feel like our loved one is going to be judged because they decided to take their own life. Sometimes we feel like we're going to be judged because sometimes people will look at us like, you didn't see the symptoms, you didn't see the signs, what's going on? And we're still in that kind of a weird society It's kind of gossipy, you know, and we don't want people talking about our loved one like that. We want them to be honored and to be remembered for the person that they were, not for the end uh, decision that they made to end their life. That's not who they were. That doesn't define our loved one. So sometimes we feel like we can't talk about it. We can't cry about it. Okay, disenfranchised grief, complicated grief. Now, here, what if you were dating somebody and you weren't accepted by the family? What if the um, divorce wasn't final yet? Um, or what if you were having an affair? You know, there are situations where uh, people are seeing each other, but they haven't really officially ended the relationship. Somebody dies. And the, you know, real family comes in and they do the memorial and, and the funeral and do all the arrangements. And now you're excluded. You're not even allowed to go to the viewing. You have no closure. You're not a part of this 
um, honoring and remembering of this person you love, and who are you going to cry and talk about it to? That was not really an acknowledged relationship. So again, we're judging the loved one, judging you. You don't feel like you want to talk about it. Um, you can't cry about it in front of people. Again, it cuts us off, you know. So disenfranchised grief is the loss of someone, and we can't, we feel like we can't talk about it or cry about it to anybody. So it gets stuck, or it's just suffered in silence by ourselves. So that can prolong our grief process, which means it complicates our grief process. So what can we do about that? Okay, so I would advocate definitely finding good support systems, people that you can trust that won't judge you, that won't judge your loved one, won't judge the way they died, so that you are free to talk about it and cry about it. That's what you need to do. Um, <clears throat> to be able to find a grief professional, to be able to find a grief support group that you can go to, I guarantee you, you wouldn't be the only one. We've got lots of people with lots of different losses that come to the generalized support groups, and I've never seen anybody judge anybody else about it. So it's a place where you can go where they're going to get it. You can talk about it. You can cry about it and, and say, why is this so challenging? Why is this so difficult? So definitely the support systems. That's the number one thing that you need to do for disenfranchised grief. If we know that we need to cry about it and talk about it, don't cut yourself off from that. Don't get yourself stuck in grief. Look for avenues. Be creative so that you can cry about it and talk about it and go through your grief process. You deserve that. Part three to the complicated grief. So today I wanted to talk about, you know, um, other ways that are keeping us stuck in our grief. That was one of the definitions of complicated grief. So um, thinking about what are some ways that can keep you stuck. Definitely if you have any issues um, with addiction. We know that addiction can keep us stuck in our grief. So um, whether it's, you know, drugs, some kind of substance, or if it's an alcohol situation, that those are things self-medicating um, gets us stuck in our grief. We also know that if there's other psychiatric issues going on, we call those comorbidities in grief, those can keep us stuck in our grief. So um, whether it's anxiety disorder, depression, clinical depression, whether it's bipolar or, you know, something even more serious, those things can keep us stuck in our grief. So why is that? One of the reasons is, is we can't focus on our grief work when we're working on other issues or the other issues seem to be more prominent in our thinking or our behaviors or our activities of daily living. So um, for those who are going through the grief process, we know how tiring, how fatiguing that is at the end of the day. And that's because when you're trying to just do all of your normal stuff, you know, go to work or school and do the family and keep the house, you're still working on your grief in the back of your mind. We never really don't think about it. So it's like we're doing two jobs at once. So at the end of the day, you're exhausted. Now just imagine putting on another layer of um, some kind of a psychiatric illness or disorder or some kind of um, substance abuse, alcohol abuse issue, something like that. That takes up a lot of time and a lot of attention. A lot of thinking goes towards that. So we don't really have the time to work on the grief. 
So that's something that, again, makes the grief last a long period of time. And again, this is something that could be years because a lot of these things we struggle with for a very long time, especially like addiction issues. So um, my, what can we do about that? So my recommendation would be to definitely get, if you're dealing with addictions, let's take that. So definitely get a good addictions counselor and get a grief counselor. I know sometimes when you're in an addiction program, they'll have you with your addictions counselor and then a regular counselor. Um, a lot of times in our community, they'll refer them to us as well. So it seems like you're doing a lot of counselors but each has their specialty, which is key, um, because I think, you know, I certainly wouldn't know how to handle addiction stuff. So we all have our specialties and what we do, but to make you healthy and whole, that's sometimes what we need to do. It's a lot of work. Um, if you have other comorbidities that are going on, I would definitely recommend to see a good therapist as well as a grief counselor. And there are a lot of counselors out there now who are doing clinical work and grief work at the same time because it's now becoming recognized that the complicated grief, you know, it can exacerbate some of these um, issues that we have going on like anxiety and depression. So we need a good counselor that is comfortable going back and forth into those realms. So I think it's critical that you get the help that you need. Um, you know, if you're watching this video, that means that you're looking for some support. Um, you're looking for some help or for some understanding for somebody who might be in a complicated grief situation and you don't know why they're stuck. So um, that's what you need to do is you need to get some professional help in there um, to help get unstuck. Okay, so that was the briefest one, I think, of all the parts. Um, but because it's so important, I really want to throw out there, if you have any questions, Feel free to email me at feel free to email Diana Sebsta, Director of Bereavement at dsebsta at karenandquinlanhospice.org. Tune in next week for the next podcast of Grief Matters with Diana Sebsta. For more information, please visit karenandquinlanhospice.org.